When you're talking about radiotherapy, especially in the chest region, there's always a worry about cardiotoxicity. But you've taken this to a new level. Can you explain what you've been doing in this study that you're reporting here in Barcelona? Basically, we know that patients change a lot throughout the course of their treatment. And the advantages of using image-guided radiotherapy is that it means that we have images of the patients throughout the course of their treatment instead of just the one CT scan before they start. And so we analyse this data to look at their residual setup errors after a protocol has been applied which, is, which aims to correct their position. What is the importance of what you call residual shifts or residual movement? So it depends on how you apply your um, imaging protocol. So you'll set a patient up and you'll take an image of them. You'll match that image to their planning scan on which the dose was calculated. And then there will be some discrepancy between those two patient positions. And so your imaging protocol will allow you to match the images together and move the patient on the treatment machine in order to optimize their position but the residuals can come from um, having an action threshold so you'll only move the patient if they're a certain distance away from their original position. So basically um, we found uh, the residual setup errors for all of our patients and then correlated these differences to overall survival. And importantly if the heart gets irradiated that can be quite a problem. Yeah, so basically we found that patients who have a residual setup error, which moves their heart closer to the high dose region, have a significantly worse overall survival compared to those who have a residual shift that moves their heart away. Right, now that's uh, the overall finding. Can you put some numbers on this? Because you had a number of patients, quite a lot of them. Uh, what sort of setup errors did you find or set setup shifts and how strongly was this associated with survival? The shifts are actually very very small because we use an action threshold of five millimeters so our patients who have a residual set of error that's greater than five they will be moved and so their position will be corrected and so it's all the residual setup errors are left in five millimetres. So on, on average, they have a mean magnitude of around two millimetres. So it's tiny, tiny shifts that we're looking at here. So the standard protocol is to watch out for anything more than five millimetres, but you're now finding that less than five millimetres can make a big difference. Yeah, it seems that way. Um, actually, the Christie NHS Foundation Trust has just changed their... Um, imaging protocols. So now for our lung patients they um, perform daily imaging and they use a two millimeter action threshold so they're looking for changes that are greater than two millimeters. So we're currently working on a bit of work looking at these patients who've been treated with this new protocol to see if this difference still exists or not. Now looking at the shifts of up to five millimetres, how big a difference did that make in terms of mortality among your 780 patients with non-small cell lung cancer and uh, the other cohort uh, that you checked it with, the esophageal cancer, 177 patients? When we studied the vector shift to the heart, so the um, residual shift towards or away from the heart in any, from any direction, we found a hazard ratio of 1.091 per millimetre. So that's the percentage increase in your risk of death per millimetre shift towards the heart. So it basically means that um, 
with an increased shift towards your heart, you have an increased risk of death. It's certainly not negligible then. What do you think clinicians should glean from this new knowledge? Um, well, I, so I'm a physicist, so I wouldn't want to comment too much, um, certainly before more studies have been done. But um, it seems that um, the best course of action, in my opinion, would be for stricter IGRT protocols to be applied, like the updated version at the Christie, and um, also stricter heart dose constraints. Right, so guidelines could be revised as a result of this. You already mentioned the shift from five millimetres to two millimetres. Where do you think should be the optimum? Because you can't get it down to zero, can you? No, you, you can. And um, so the study that we've been performing looking at the two millimetres, we're hoping that that will show that this survival effect has disappeared, but that's still a work in progress. Mm. For doctors treating cancer patients, it's obviously very good to target the tumour very directly. But is it too much of a risk to try and do that when the heart is so close? Well, no, I don't think so, because obviously um, without this treatment, the patients will obviously do a lot worse um, than these small changes in heart dose. Um, but it's, I think by altering some of the planning constraints, for instance, um, Element, William et al. have been doing a study which found that the base of the heart is correlated, a dose to the base of the heart is correlated with worse survival. And therefore, instead of avoiding the whole heart in order to try and um, deliver your high dose to the tumour, you might be able to avoid certain structures within the heart that would allow you to spare the heart as well as deliver the dose to the tumour to have an optimum treatment. So how would you summarise the findings from your very interesting study? Unexpected study too, the, of, of the fact that it makes such a big difference. Yeah, it was unexpected that it would make such a big difference. Um, I'd summarise it just by saying that tiny residual shifts of around two millimetres towards or away from the heart can have a significant effect on patient overall survival for esophageal and lung cancer patients. Mm. And what is then the take-home message? I know you're not a doctor yourself, but take-home message for busy cancer doctors. I would say that um, stricter IGRT protocols are probably key. Um, obviously, we need to do more work um, to validate that. But this study suggests that it can make a big difference for our patient outcomes. My name is Yolande de Lievens. I'm chair of the Radiation Oncology Department at the University Hospital in Ghent, Belgium. I'm the president of Estro. Fine. Now, you have patients with non-small cell lung cancer and esophageal cancer in this study of Corin Johnson. Um, now, clearly, you want to irradiate the tumour, and the tumour is pretty close to the heart. What did you make of these fascinating data showing that small movements can make a big effect in terms of the overall survival of the patient? Well, there are a few things, I think. I think that... Again, first, by improving our technical capabilities, we can now indeed better see where we have to irradiate and therefore better spare the critical organs and better evaluate what we can do by doing it better. The second thing I think is very important is showing that something which is really a human factor where we position the patient very correctly, so a dedicated work from the 
RTTs daily on the oper operating uh, on the machines is extremely important for the outcome of the patient. So it's also it's not only focusing on the technology as such, but also focusing on a well-educated group of people who can make a difference for the patients. Uh, and of course, the need for guidelines to mandate that this is done with greater precision. Not only guidelines, but also correct education. I think that the educational part is extremely important to this. So in, in, in a word, what did you get out of this, finding that there can be a remarkable difference in survival, depending on how well you position your patient with accuracy? So that it for me, it means that radiotherapy, although it's very often perceived as a very technological discipline, it remains something where the human aspect is extremely important in getting the best for our patients.